Welcome to the Ripple Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brad Long. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. On today's show, we're going to be talking to uh, Captain Lionel James over in Destin, Florida. How you doing, Captain Lionel? Good, good, my man. What's happening? Man, I don't know it, dude. So what's uh, what's biting down there, man? I know you've been fishing, but what uh, what you been catching? Uh, to be honest, man, a lot of redfish. Yeah. Uh, on the beach, specifically. Okay. Specifically. Okay. So, so how uh, are they, I guess, are schooled up? Yeah. You know, we see schools. I Man, I got some really good footage coming out soon. But redfish and jacks have been showing up. I, I won't say the redfish have been showing up. Redfish is something I constantly uh, can be caught on the beach. And not a super flex or a humble flex, but I've spent a lot of time studying and learning and you know focusing in on catching if i was to like say this is what i do you know redfish on the beach is what i do and yeah understanding where these fish are going to be at at the exact time of the year and day so it's something that i could do that i'm really really good at and so they're, they're there and they're available you know all throughout the year except for like september and october they, they kind of disappear and i know why i think i'm yeah. So breeding breeding months or pre stage months and all that stuff. But with that, man, there's a lot of redfish on the beach and they're in really, really good numbers. Um man, I got some really cool video coming out of just this amazing school of redfish just chilling, you know. Really? Just hanging out. Just hanging out, man, you know. And then um I found like fishing for those or trying to find those we've also seen like a bunch of jack Cravel cruising the beach which you know typically standard is that's supposed to happen in april but yep. you know here we are two weeks in may you know and it's just because it's been a really cold a cold um a cold spring per se yeah had a lot yeah. of rain you know and and it kind of kept the water temperature sort of in certain areas a little bit knocked down you know on certain days and whatnot Right, that's part of it too. And then in the evening time when it's dropping, like this morning was, you know, it was 55 degrees still this morning. That means at yeah. night it was probably still in the low 50s. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, a man. steady temp. So I mean, it by the not by the day by the end of the day it gets into this you know mid 70s, high 70s, but it's still not consistent enough warm weather for like to get things moving. But there are things showing up. You know, the jacks are here because the LYs have showed up just a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, are they, are, has the bait, is it, is the bait moved in shore? The OYS moved in? No, you know, and it's not as much as you would see this time of year yet, you know? So I think it's yeah. still kind of, uh, it's still kind of really slow, man. You know, Yeah. you know, even, even like I said, you know, the, the jacks are something we see in April, you know what I mean? And they, so, and they, they show up, you know, in the spring and then they're, they're around all through until when the fall, I mean, they're around all summer, right? Yeah. You know what happens? I, I'm not sure the ones on the beach kind of keep pushing. Like, I, I'm not sure where they go. I know some of them go into our bays and they kind of stay there in our Bay areas. Yeah. I them. guess that's what I mean. That So they must scatter sort of and just move right. inshore wherever they are, you know, certain pods go certain directions, you know, yep. you know, honestly, there's never been a lot of research done. As far as I've read for yeah. Jack Ravels, you know, obviously they've always been kind of like a, a nuisance fish when they're amazing fish to catch. Yeah. Um, One of the funnest, man. I mean, oh, yeah. And, sure. and they're, and they're, you know, I don't want to say they're easy because they, they can be picky like anything, but when they're, when they're feeding, they're super aggressive. They tend, they tend to eat, you know? Right. Right. But, uh, but yeah, they, so let me, let me pick your brain then about these redfish, these beach redfish. So, and I, and we've talked about this, but it's been years ago. 
is there a population of redfish that remain on the beach and just sort of run up and down the beach, kind of off, you know, offshore, near shore, and then a uh, inshore population? Is that two different like groups of fish, or do they kind of go back and forth? Like, I believe, I believe so, and I believe some of our fish are coming from different parts of Florida and far west. Yeah, um, you know, just based on like what's on them, the sea lice and all that stuff too. So, you know, and I know like a lot of our, our, our fish in the Bay stay in the Bay and especially yeah. in the fall, like those big groups of redfish. And I don't even know if there's residential redfish that are feeding on, you know, the bait that pushes East for us. So yeah, I believe, you know, a, a good number of them are, are here and they're always here. And then a good number of them are just kind of traveling. But as far as research has been done for my area, there's never been tags put on these redfish. As far as I know, well, that's um, and I remember you telling us that, and I I wonder, have they done initiatives like that, um, in other areas? You know, like has has Pensacola or or, or uh, down in St. Joe? I, I'm just curious if if they um have any kind of data like that, to just to right. have an idea, because you can also tell just by the coloration, you know, and and right. I mean, you really, you know, you live. I mean, it's two different types of lives they live if, if you know I an mean, inshore shallow water feeding redfish right. is remarkably different than a schooled up you know uh, redfish that's feeding on you know some kind of fin bait uh, rather right. than shrimp so it's just they're just different and it, it, it would be kind of weird to think they just sort of moved back and forth maybe it has something to do with their life cycle like you know all the redfish along the beach are of a certain age or a certain point in their maturity or something i don't know well, you know, one thing that's really, it's really rare for the, that I've, all the photos that I've taken of redfish, and I don't even know why I'm trying to justify it. It's like, you know, people are going to say what they want to say, but all the photos that I've taken and all the redfish I've caught, there's, I've never really caught a good number of like lower slot, under slot redfish on the beach. They've all been always pretty like, you know, 22 inches plus. So yep. I wonder, I'm always curious of like what, what, what that is, what ha- that has to do with, you know, yeah. obviously I know a lot of redfish when they breathe, they breathe on an in- incoming tide, their eggs are pushed into, you know, the estuaries where they're raised there. But what about the redfish on the beach? Cause you know, they're there all the time. So, you know, you know I've caught them and I've seen, I've seen episodes of people finding a school on a reef, you know, and then today was really rough. So, we didn't see one redfish on the beach, so they went somewhere deeper to get away from the rough, with the rough, uh, the waves and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah. So you know, I, I'm sure like they feed. I'm, I'm sure they they breed on these these uh, reefs, and those you know eggs float wherever they float. You know what I'm saying? I, so, but man, it just. But then at the same time, I'm I'm thinking it's like you know you could I could envision some of these schools breaking off and just coming in shore. And, oh, and being sure. some of the schools that you see inshore. So, I mean, I can really make sense of it either way. And, you know, and, and no it's way probably all of the above. You know what I mean? That's Yeah, and there's no really well way to tell unless you tag some of these fish with, like, GPS tag. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, right, yeah. So Yeah, some of the tracking stuff they can do now. It's, right. a, it's amazing, you know, the fish that, that anglers care about. Um, and, and if they don't really serve a commercial interest, like they're not red snapper, basically. Um, right. There doesn't seem to be a lot of attention or, or, you know, like you mentioned the Jack Crevel. Well, I mean, it's not a food fish. It's not, you know, but anglers like them. You know, if you fish, you know what they are and you appreciate them for what they are. Um, 
there's so many things in the ocean that have, we have zero information on, like what you know what yeah, they do you know, and how they behave. And, and you know that's you know the FWC can only do so much, right? Yeah. And, you know they only have so much funding, though. You know I've 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 politicked you know for the last five years, so like I've called everybody to try to get a tagging program. I've went to I've driven to FWC meetings and CCA meetings, you know. Yeah. 12, 13 hours in my car, and I'm just like, you know, now I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like, yo, I'm I'm done with this part because no one's listening. Yeah. And here we are, they're getting ready to pass this law on the Gulf Coast that might be like that might, uh, you know, be you might be able to to keep overslot redfish. So I'm like, that don't really make any sense for me, you know. And yeah. and what's happening is. And this is nothing against the weekend guy. This is nothing against, you know, I understand that. Right. But let's say, you know, a person like myself is on the water all day and I know how to catch these fish. Right. So I know where they're going to be at this and this and that. Right. Versus maybe the average person is like, man, there's not enough redfish here. And I would agree with that. There's not enough redfish in the area. So like keeping the big ones doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Right. It doesn't. And I'm gonna be more clear about that on the next podcast. I'm gonna actually dive into this, uh, this what they're trying to pass, you know, because right now it's kind of like the charter guys versus the the weekend guys. Like the weekend guys want to keep, they say all oh, they're catching slots and are big redfish, and I'm like that that doesn't make any sense, you know, like. Well, if you're, you're fishing you're, in, in the certain certain places where you only catch big red, like you know, you fish the bridges, you're probably only right. gonna catch big redfish. Big you know redfish, what I mean? like you know? that's where they live. But, what we're getting ready to do is repeat history. You're going to raise the slot, the, the slot size, and then you're going to raise the, the, the limit to, uh, from one to two. And then you're going to, you're going to, you know, the, yeah, what's, it's inevitable. You're going to destroy or, you know, lessen the redfish population. Like it doesn't, you know, yeah, it doesn't make sense. They, um, <clears throat> there's, there would be no good reason to keep one of the big redfish anyway. I mean, if it's just yeah. over slot, like, okay, maybe, but the big bulls that, I mean, you take a picture and you send them back. There's a, what are you going to, I mean, I just think it, it depends on your, your demographic, you know, I, I, Louisiana, Texas, they have different laws where they have more redfish. They have bigger redfish. But I mean, are they, are they good to eat like the big ones like that? I mean, I wouldn't think they would be as good as a slot size, you know? Yeah. I think eating, eating fish is, is perspective, you know, it's like, maybe, yeah. you, know, you might, you know what I'm saying? Like you, that, that, if that feeds your family and. Well, that's true, man. Meat. You're hungry enough. It's like, Hey, that, right. <laughs> like, right. You know what I'm saying? But if that's like, the case, man, I'm not going to, the laws ain't going to matter to me at that point. If that's what's happening, you know, it, it, right. but it's just one of those things that, you know, I don't know. I get it. I get people uh, that, that would have an interest in, in hanging on to one, but I don't know. I, I don't see, nah, I, I don't I mean, see what you, I, I don't see what for, you know? Yeah, I, I don't either, man. You know, and that I'm I'm biased towards that fish, or you know, but I'm also I agree with red sniper regulations and triggerfish regulations. Like, we got to keep something around. You know what I mean? Well, that's it. You got to do. You got to do something. I mean, look, we're society is is too. I don't know the term stupid, arrogant, whatever to just be cut loose and say, okay, you guys take care of it because you know that right. would, that would never work. Right. But I mean, you, so you have to have some type of educated rules. But and and it's nice to see them, um, be, be a little bit flexible. You know, like they they kind of uh, tightened up some of the cobia stuff in state waters, and you know they're doing some of the right things as they can. They're just they're, they're they have limited funding and their data is limited, and you know every yeah. all their resources yeah. are limited. They can only uh, only get so, so much. much, right? Yeah. Right. So 
you know, but yeah. but look, I, I mean, I I certainly agree with what you're saying. There's no reason, and and if you think back, and I mean, <clears throat> the biggest issue with with the redfish population in Florida was when they had the the gill nets. I mean, it was just oh, yeah, wiping yeah, them out. So yeah. they they banned yeah. they banned those. I don't know in the '80s, and um, and the populations come back, and they've had, you know now we're at slot limits and these other things. And who knows if you need them or don't need them, but obviously certain areas do. I mean, you talk to some of these guys in Apalachicola, and it's a problem. To the, to the point that uh, Jordan was telling us uh, a few weeks ago, um, you know Brett Martina. He was on the podcast earlier, um, first season, first couple of episodes. Anyway, he's yeah. starting a fund to, to – he's just going to buy a bunch of juvenile redfish himself. I mean, you know, raise the money and then have them deposited into the bay in Apalachicola. Um, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I thought about – well, I'm, I'm, I'm working on my own nonprofit too. That's going to explore, you know, restocking stuff here. And it's more based on kids fishing, but being able to have these, you know, these, these fundraising dinners for that, because, you know, I mean, everybody's stretched thin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So somebody's like, and, and, and that's what I want to like, I mean, my, my, my path to what I want to do is, 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 is headed down like work like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's all, that's always what I wanted to do. And, and, and I could foresee, I personally think there should be four or five redfish on every dock in, in, in this area. There's no reason why, you know what I mean? Like I want yeah. people to come here and, and be able to catch a redfish and be able to catch a trout. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like, well, listen, you know, the redfish, let, I'll, go ahead. The redfish brings in like an astronomical amount of money every year to the state of Florida. People buy a fishing license, they buy a bait and tackle just to catch that fish. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's a big resource. It's everywhere. Yeah, these are, these are, Up and down these both. Are big. These are these are actual numbers that I can provide you, actual stats from the FWC meetings that I've been to that that show the revenue that it provides. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, you know, between trout and redfish, that is the common English, you know, that that the average Joe yep. can go out on a weekend and go catch, you know, yeah. not everybody has a boat, but everybody has access to the water. You know what I mean? So yep. that's why it's such a, 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 it's such an important fish. Yeah. And those are the two species that are most desirable for people, for anyone fishing from the shore or the pier yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for I sure. wanted, I wanted to ask you, I didn't want to, cause we kind of went off and started talking about other stuff. How I want you to walk me through how you fish for those beach redfish and how you catch them. Oh, I can't do that, bro. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> take digging too deep. Or, well, are you are you using live bait or? I'm using live bait, okay. you know. But as far as that's about as far as it goes for me, man. I, I've spent the last five years figuring out. I remember, man. I remember about six years ago, I ran into my first school of beach reds, and I had my boat all on top of those redfish, yep. trying to catch one. You know, moving the boats. You know, gassing it, trying to get in front of them. And from that day, I was with my dad that day. That's when I had my uh, first skiff, right? I was trying to take him. I saw that school. I was like, yo, dad, let's go catch some redfish, man. I seen this big-ass school. Yeah. And I was like, yo. And from that day, I didn't catch one, obviously. You know, but seeing them, I was like, yo, I, I was, I've been obsessed with them. And it's taken me years to figure out not how to just catch them, but how to successfully do it with my clients. Right. Like, that's the hard part. And yeah. controlling the boat making sure they stay hooked up, you know, making sure we're safe and we're not caught in, you know, uh, a good wave that we're going to wash, you know, that we take us away on the side of the boat and we tip over. So, right. you know, how I do it, uh, you know, listen, 
go practice. I've, I've practiced <laughs> my ass off for years, years and years. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know, I know you have, man. And uh, <clears throat> but yeah, the, some of that, you know. But and, and so yeah, yeah. When my clients is live bait, it's 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 uh, you know. But when sometimes when they're in these schools, you know, um, true story, they're so. When they're in these schools, they're so, what's the word, competitive over food that, like, they're nosy about everything, man. Yeah. I saw a bottle floating, um, and I couldn't, I did pick it up, but I saw a bottle floating, and I saw these redfish come poke their nose and hit it, you know what I'm saying? Really, just check it bottle, out. Like, like an Aquafina bottle. Yeah. You know, so when they're in those schools, like, it's just all, it's all about positioning and and not getting close to them you yeah. know what i mean like yeah us. i mean because the the if if you're gonna if you're gonna try to fish that school for a length of time like more than one fish you have to do it yeah. in a way where you're not just throwing bullseye in the center of the school every time plus yeah if you, you do know? that and you do hook up and you probably would but if you do that you got all these bodies now that your line is getting kind of pulled through and just the odds of you actually catching that fish go way down in my yeah, experience you know I, I, one piece of advice is that redfish don't have the greatest, like they're, th- you have to put the bait in front of them in a way that it's like natural. Right. Right. But when you're fishing on the beach, it's the water depth looks shallow, but it's not right. Where these fish are hanging out. It's probably four feet. You know, it's probably yeah. to your, to your chest, you know, from your hip to your chest. Right. Right. So what happens is when you cast to these fish, most people think their bait is is right in front of them when it could when when it's actually on top of them. Yeah, you know, so they're swimming right under it. Remember, it's a beach, so you have water flow in all different kind of directions. You have waves up top, you have an undertow on the bottom, so you're yep. figuring out where this bait is going to be at. Like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, so do you are are the are you throwing it with are you freelining this stuff or, or is there is there a weight on there like Carolina style? It could be a lot. <laughs> either way, too. you could go either you way. Know? It could go either way. Either way, it, you, the best thing to do is go out there and practice. Find your school, practice. Find one. Nice. Find one that works, huh? Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, man. Very cool. Well, Lionel, man, tell us where to find uh, your videos and how to get a hold of you to book a trip. Learn your uh, well, bring, bring our notebook and take, write your write your secrets down. <laughs> I'm gonna write a book one day. I am gonna write a book one day. Uh, man, honestly, I'm really, really trying to. I've, I've kind of changed the way my mind is thinking, you know. And I really want to grow my YouTube. I'm putting a lot of energy into that. Obviously, I want to grow my show too. Um, but yo, I would really appreciate, yo, hit me up on YouTube, find me, Lions Tell Adventures, hit the subscribe button for you, boy. And, uh, it's, uh, it's really good content. I can promise you that. Like it's a lot of thoughts put out into it and I got some really cool stuff, man. Listen, the next one I'm putting out, I'm gonna work on tonight all night. I'm putting it out tomorrow and I was messing around. We were snapper fishing and some sharks came around and I was trying to get some underwater footage and little did I know like this shark, I, I stick my camera down and this shark came right at me, yo. Some oh. sick put ahead. I had no idea he was there. Really? No idea. So <laughs> I stuck my hand in the water and then and then I saw him and then like I mean just came out of nowhere, man. So it's pretty crazy when you see it tomorrow. Yeah. It was like, oh damn. You know well, what I mean? Well and, and and I know just from previous videos, there is a ton of, of redfish uh, video on there. And, and in fact you put out a video uh 
this of past yeah, this past week of, of how to catch redfish and how you do it. So there's so there are resources to to kind of pick sure. your brain a little deeper, for right. sure. Right, and I put out one with my clients to kind of see like what I what I started doing is um, you know kind of as a thank you and it's kind of an add on. Um, you can add on you know if you go on a charter. I'll bring my camera, take some photos and some videos for you, you know, and, and, and send you uh, like a minute long video of your trip and then like 12 or 15 photos, you know, just trying to, so you have something to remember these for the rest of your life, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's something I've added this year and it's been fun, man. My clients have enjoyed it. I'm getting a good positive feedback from it and, um, you know, but yeah, man, holla at me on YouTube. Come holla. You know, yeah, man, check, check it out. Cause I, I can tell you there's, there is a lot of content and remind me, man, uh, we, the, the, the listeners know by now that uh, that I never really, we, you and I both never really know the direction the show's going to take until we start talking. And because it's Amberjack season, and you've oh, always yeah. been one to to chum those guys up and the snapper too. Um, I want to I want to I want to pick your brain a little bit about how you do that. I was going to do that tonight, and we went in the the redfish direction instead. So, um, well, you know, it's funny. Let's let's talk about that next Tuesday because I'm going to put out a night fish fresh Friday report this Friday on Amber Jacks and just a little bit, you know, this time of year, the water temperature is perfect. So they're up high Okay. come June or July. It, you know, the only way that you're going to get them to the top of the service is, is if you chum them up as far as, you know, greenies and stuff like that. Yeah. But right now, top water, you can catch these things on top water. So just, easily, just by throwing a plug, right. And they're, they're sitting yeah, up high yeah, enough in the column yeah. where they'll come up and get it. You know, um, and what would be really dope and who's who's caught some really big amber jacks this last week is Lady, Lady Luck Adventures, Captain Gabrielle. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, she's caught quite the few. So maybe that's someone we try to bring in next week or the week after to talk about that because she's she's caught – I've seen some really good photos um, last week. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I'm always – man, anytime you, anytime you can chum those things up and, and – you know, because then a lot of doors open. It's just a cool experience, a cool way to to catch them. You know, you're still over the reef. You're still catching amberjack, putting them in the in the box if you want to eat. You know, take right. some home. But you're doing it in a way that you know, if you're a sight fisherman like me, it's a lot more fun. So, oh, for sure. I want to sure. talk a little bit more about it. But yeah, so next Tuesday we'll do that, we'll do Tuesday, that man. For sure. Very cool. For sure. All right, Lionel. We'll uh, th- that'll do it then. We'll do that. So yes, I appreciate it, dude. We'll talk next week. Hey. Yes, sir. If you're in Destin, you see this handsome dude in the Pathfinder pink shirt. That is yours truly. I'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>